Have a few minutes? You won't believe what you can do with it. Open a Regions checking account online in as little as five minutes. Then enjoy award-winning service and banking tools and tech that help you live in the moment. Learn more at regions.com slash live in the moment. Regions Bank, member FDIC. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Gas South Convention Center in Duluth, Georgia, it's time for Gwinnett Business Radio. Gwinnett Business Radio is presented by Regents Bank, Brave the Beginning, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Greetings and salutations, everybody. It's your slightly annoying host, Stephen Julian, here for another hopefully award-winning edition of Gwinnett Business Radio here on Business Radio X, broadcasting from the Gas South District Convention Center from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studios and brought to you by Regents Bank. I think I covered everything. What I didn't cover is our great guest. We have Steve Emmert from the Emmert Law Firm, and we also have... Sparrow Marcioni from Cat Rangers, and also by my side, and I think I'm in trouble with him, already two minutes into the show is Harper LaBelle. You're mad at me. No, no, I wasn't you mad at you. You kept saying, you gave me the evil eye, like quit talking right before we were talking sports with our I guest know, here, and I, I have a tendency to do that, and you're going... Cut it out. How dare you down. build relationships? We've got a show to do. How dare here. you build relationships? How, how dare you talk about a guy and, you know, his... His high school experience. I know. How dare you do what Business Radio X is all about and build relationships and get to know people? I, I, I actually made the horrible mistake of thinking that you would just keep talking all the way into the intro of the show. But you're a professional. Oh, I was going to. There's uh, no doubt. Okay, so, so, so but I'm glad. I'm just. You eye. gave me the evil eye. Yeah. So you, that's basically when Mike gives me the evil eye. It's a lot different than when you give really? me the evil eye. Yeah. Well, that'll be another show because Mike gives it all the time. It doesn't well, matter. True. I walk in and he. Oh, <laughs> I can't believe. Well, he hasn't it. fired us this yet. guy again. So uh, we talking are talking about a great guest. We have great guests. We do. Uh, we have Steve Emmert from the Emmert Law Firm and Sparrow Marcioni from Cat Rangers. Let's get right into it. Let's start with Steve. Uh, Steve Emmert, welcome to the studio. Thank you. It's good to be here. Absolutely, Emmert Law Firm. I have a feeling you're a lawyer, but tell everybody specifically what type of law you practice, where you're located. Tell us about your firm. So we recently changed the name from Emmert Law Firm to Emmert Yum. So I, uh, we partnered in uh, July, uh, January of this year. So we focus on estate planning, real estate, and business transactions. So you gave us a scoop already. We're off to a great start. Uh, tell us a little bit about your, uh, your new partner, uh, Terry Young. So Terry does a lot of the real estate transactions. Mm-hmm. I help with that. But um, I, what I'd mostly do is the estate planning part of the practice. And then from time to time, I get involved in the real estate transactions and the closings. So uh, estate. Uh, pl- so if we can, if we have the time, we'll kind of dig into each of them. But uh, first of all, let me just ask: How long have you been practicing law? I've been practicing for twenty-two years. Uh, I've lived in Gwinnett for thirty years, and uh, other than three years when I went to Virginia for law school, then I promptly came back here, passed the bar, and um, started practicing in. Here I am ever since. I've, my entire career has been in Gwinnett County. So you've kind of focused on the estate planning side of things. So in terms of kind of estate planning, everybody hears that term, and I think everybody has a preconceived notion of what that means. Oh, you're talking about a will. Give a little bit of education for those people who might be a little too embarrassed or not want to ask, like, okay, exactly what does that mean? Kind of talk about what everybody, you know, what are the basic needs that everybody has in terms of an estate plan? Sure. So estate planning can include a will and often does. But really what what it is is it's really just um, 
advanced planning for a time in your life when you are no longer able to make decisions regarding your assets, regarding your money, regarding your stuff. Um, and the reason you may not be able to make the decisions is because you have a mental incapacity or like will happen to everybody that will be dead. That's one of them. That's one of the reasons That's why the big you wouldn't one. be able to. Steve bringing a lot of joy to the room. Plan your <laughs> yeah. your estate. So prior to that, you want to think ahead. My question would be: um, This may be a little bit further down the road in this conversation, but what do you do with the folks that say, "I think I want to change my mind. I may want to give this or that or the other to somebody different than what I had originally planned." Is that an easy thing to do? It, that happens more often than you might think, and so we can uh, talk with the client and figure out the best way to handle that. Um, it's usually something that's doable. Interesting. It is doable. Yes. But it may take more than one person to say, I agree with that decision that you're making. Talk a little bit about, what you go, from the beginning, if I were to walk into your office and say, I've got, uh, I've got a need, um, help me with this. I may have a specific need. I don't want my family to be taxed, or I want to put everything into a trust. I want to have option B, C, and D open and available to me. When somebody comes in, what, what's the process like for you? So what we generally do is we have the client fill out a questionnaire in advance so that we can kind of get a snapshot of their, their life, or at least their financial life, um, and then their family life. And so what I do is I talk with everybody about – what happens at death, especially with the probate process and how that works? Um, is it possible to avoid probate, and which it is? And then we talk about different ways to avoid probate. Um, probate can be fast and easy, or it can be incredibly difficult and agonizing for the client. And it really depends on how well they plan and what decisions they make in advance and oftentimes it, the probate process depends on what county the person lives in. Do you find that folks think they know more about probate than they actually do, and you have to become an educator in some respects? Or um... I'm going to jump in because I think the answer to tell me if I'm right, Steve, but I think the answer to that is a lot of people uh, assume or they don't even know what they don't know when it comes to probate. That's true. Every, they don't know what they don't know. So some people have some preconceived ideas. I would say more often than not, they really have no idea about how the process works and, and what the legal implications of it are. Yeah, fair enough. Me and Stephen, between the two of us, would have completely no idea of how the actual law applies. But it's critically important to avoid delays, like you mentioned, or to avoid extra taxes or losing some of that asset base that you have to the government, correct? Yeah, the worst thing that can happen from my perspective to somebody and really probably when the, from the client's uh, beneficiary's perspective is to die without having a will. Um, because what happens then is, well, first of all, people often assume that if they have a will, they can avoid the probate process. That's not true. Uh, whether you have a will or you don't have a will, if your assets are being transferred, most likely you have to go through probate. What the will does is it supersedes the Georgia Code with respect to what happen, who gets your stuff at your death. Most people assume that their spouse will get everything uh, if they don't have a will. That's not true. Um, if there's children involved, they're going to split the estate with the children and the spouse, which is oftentimes not what people want. So it's very important to have a will so that you can direct 
the court to appoint a representative of your estate who can then disperse the entire estate to your spouse if that's what you want. Can you and, – and you've done a good job of kind of explaining if people don't have a will. Can you give a – Kind of an example, because everybody can give, I think, an extreme example or an on-the-fringe example, um, and those usually are clickbait on the Internet. But can you just kind of talk through, and even just that, that's a good example of instead of it going just to the spouse, it goes to the spouse and the kids if the courts are involved. Talk a little bit about how, you know, a a headache of how long it might take or or just a couple of examples you've seen where somebody didn't do the right planning, because... one of the things in what I do as a day job as a, as, a, as a financial advisor is I'm surprised at how many people just kind of, oh, I'll get to it, you know, and they don't have a will in place. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, alarmingly, it's alarmingly how simple the process is and how many people haven't gone through the process. So talk a little bit about what they might be experiencing or their families experiencing if they don't go through it. Yeah, I can give you two examples that, ha- that happen fairly often. Um, the first one would be, a situation where you have a blended family. So the spouses each have children from a prior relationship. And so if there's not a will, the the husband's children, if the husband passes, would not be the spouse's heirs at law. And the, the wife's children would not be the husband's heirs at law. So you could run into a situation to where they fully intended for each other to have each other's estates, but their respective children are entitled to a portion of that, um, and that's often not what they want. And so if you have a will in place, you can avoid that situation. The other example would be where you have a, a traditional nuclear uh, family, and one of the spouses died, but the children are minors. Well, in that case, <clears throat> more often than not, the court is going to require a conservatorship to be appointed for the minors, and they're going to have to hold their minors in share of the estate until they're 18 to the exclusion of the spouse. And so that also is often not what the um, parents want to happen, but that's what happens if you don't have a will. We're speaking with Steve Emmert. He is with the Emmert Yum Law Firm uh, here in Gwinnett County. And Steve, you started by saying that you do estate planning and you do real estate transactions. You also kind of talked about business transactions. Uh, So uh, let me just kind of ask the question You've been, we've been talking a lot about estate planning, but does estate planning also involve real estate and businesses or companies? Because I'm having a feeling they do, and that's why you kind of do all these, these things. So talk a little bit about real estate and businesses in terms of just what you do and then also in terms of estate planning. So most of my clients and a good portion of the population in the United States own real estate because they own a house. And so part of that, your estate includes... A major portion of most people's estate is their house, and so we have to deal with with the title to the house. Often, um, if you have a trust, the trust needs to own the house, and so we have to do a deed transferring the title from the personal name into the trust name. Um, and if you do that, you can keep that asset from going through the probate process if if it's wrapped up inside of a trust. Um, if the client owns a small business, those uh, the stock or the business interest is personal property, so that would be included into the estate. So we can transfer the stock, the shares, into a trust. Um, that also will avoid having to go through probate. Lots of different examples here, and I appreciate you sharing them with me. I'm I'm thinking of well, what happens if if 
I were a child and my parents were getting older, how how do you go about setting yourself as a child to receive some gifts from the parents or an inheritance when they may not have legally set anything in place? If if I'll give an example, my dad, let's say, if if he passes away and doesn't have a will is and but but everything goes to me um, is and but he didn't set it up correctly. There can be some problems, correct? Correct. But a lot of problems. So, how, is there any way that I can foreshadow any of that and, and uh, step ahead of the game and visit with someone like you to say, I think this is what um, is going to be coming to me. How do I protect it as best as possible? So, first, he I would advise your dad to get a will um, because if he's married when he dies, whether he wants you to have his entire estate or not. His wife or his spouse will get one third by law. Okay. The remaining two thirds will be split between the number of children. Okay. So whether there's two children or ten, they will split the remaining two thirds of the estate. And so I would encourage at a minimum that he should have a will. If he has any assets, what's any substantial assets at all, then I would start talking about a trust. Because if the assets are owned by the trust, then you don't have to go to probate at all. Does that include Assets that may be added in later after uh, a will has put into place. Oh, For example, sure. let's say someone buys a classic car or Stephen buys a uh, baseball card collection or something like that, which he didn't have at the time that he had the will. Will that get included automatically or does it have to be added into by a visit to someone like you? It's not included automatically, but it's it can be easily transferred into the trust with a title transfer. Okay. We've talked a lot about estate planning and death. As we said, you brought a lot of joy into the studio. But let's talk a little bit about some of that. Just just kind of wrap up by talking about some of the things that don't involve just around death and passing on of estates. Because when it comes to real estate, uh, talk a little bit about what you guys do with real estate transactions and why having an attorney at a real estate transaction, a closing attorney, uh, why is that important that you need to represent people in, in real estate transactions and then also in business transactions? So in um, it depends on whether the transaction is involves residential property or whether it involves commercial. So in a, in a residential situation, the closing attorney most often, almost always, represents the lender. Um, if it's a commercial situation, then almost every party has their own legal counsel, and their involvement is always not the same. Sometimes some attorneys will only review the documents for one party. Um, sometimes there'll be some, one attorney is involved in the actual closing of the transaction. And so I would say in a residential situation, you certainly can have your own attorney represent you when you're buying a house. Um, but it's doesn't happen that often because the closing attorney really, even though he represents a lender, he has a duty to protect everyone's interest, you know, as best he can. Um, but in a commercial situation, it's a little different. And so in that situation, we are often dealing with different counsel. I asked this last, I asked this possibly the last question, almost just for um, humor sake. As an attorney who's been practicing 20 years in, in Gwinnett County, is there any question that anyone asks in your life where the answer doesn't involve you saying that depends? That depends. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for proving you my know point. That. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's an obvious question. <laughs> hey, when you first got started and went on your own and developed your own business, what was that like for you? Was it an easy thing? Because most attorneys may want to, ah, I'm going to go work for a company or a firm. You decided to step out and do your own thing. 
I worked for um, a bigger firm as an associate for about five years after I practiced after I started practicing, and then um, I started a firm with another partner in 2005. And so at the time, it was not a scary situation for me because I wanted to do it. Um, I was not married and I didn't have children then. And so that was a factor of having to support other people and having to worry about not having money. It really wasn't a big issue for me. With I understand that can be a, a definite concern for other people who are starting a practice later on in life. But for me, it was I wanted to do it. I really just had myself to worry about, and so it it was fun. Mm-hmm. And you developed that. Now you have a new partner, and you're growing the business, obviously. How do people get in touch with you, and will that depend on something that we're not certain of right now? Stephen, would, would, where he is, his location, how people get in touch, would that depend on whether or not I was really, really, really interested? Let's let him decide whether he wants to answer that question. Where are you located? So if we, you say it depends to that, we got a big problem. Yeah, we do. We are definitely located in uh, Duluth, Georgia. By law. Right here in, in Gwinnett, uh, right in front of the Gwinnett Civic Center. And our address is um, 6340 Sugarloaf Parkway. Uh, the phone number is 678-288-2010. And uh, website? Uh, it's emmertlaw.com. Okay. And there might be an adjustment to that coming in the future. So everybody will, you know what, they just need to search Steve Emmert. Uh, and, and by the way, uh, Terry Yum, uh, last name spelled Y-E-O-M. Yes. In case people want to do research on the two attorneys that are helping them. Correct. Fantastic. Steve Emmert, thank you so much for uh, being in the studio today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Harper, before we get to our next guest, uh, by the way, well done getting him to he, he guaranteed, he didn't say guarantee. That's my word that I can't say. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely was a great guest. Uh, we also definitely know that Regions is here to help your business's financial future stay on track. Regions Commercial Banking has a team of experienced bankers in Gwinnett who can guide you in all areas of growth. Get the resources you need so every step can move you closer to your business goals. To learn more, visit regions.com forward slash commercial dash banking. Don't forget the dash. Regions Bank. Member FDIC. They are definitely a member of FDIC. Yeah. We're excited to have Sparrow Marcioni from Cat Rangers back in the studio, mm-hmm. back in our new studios I know, here in the Gas nice. South Convention Center. Yeah. Uh, Sparrow, she, welcome back to the studio. She said our previous. She did not. She hinted. She did not say. I'm sorry. I'm talking. Well, then I'm not going to say it then. Okay. Okay, good. All right. Hi, Sparrow. Hi. Welcome. Now <laughs> Sparrow's you. giving us the evil eye if we don't get to her interview. Well, I've already quickly, had that so, once yeah. today. Now, <laughs> Sparrow, Cat Rangers, tell us about uh, what you guys do. Well, Cat Rangers is what you like to say the special forces of cat rescue because we, uh, we, work, we accept only last chance kitties. We rescue pregnant moms and we rescue and adopt out about 650 a year. But we don't do it in cages. We have a cage-free facility. It's like a house. It is a house. A really large house now because we've moved into a new one since my last visit, and uh, so the cats are free roaming. They they are sitting in living rooms or bedrooms or playrooms throughout the house so that people can visit and uh, spend time with them in a calm environment, just like they would if they were in their own home. So uh, 
we are here to talk specifically about the charity golf tournament that is happening on May 23rd of this year, 2023. We're also, and we're going to get to that, but Mm -hmm. we're also just kind of here to let you talk more about cat Rangers and all the work you do. Um, this, this house, this free, uh, area where, uh, the rescued cats are roaming until they can find a permanent home. What kind of volunteer force? What is it? Yeah. What, you, Volunteers. You sighed loudly. At that. I mean, what 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 kind of workforce does this need to really take care of these it's cats? Huge. Yeah, talk it's a little huge. bit about that. It's more complicated to take care of cats in a in this environment than it is if they were caged, like most rescues. Is it harder than herding cats? Because I've heard that's about the most <laughs> difficult thing you can do. Well, we you're heard, in the herding cat business, aren't you? We heard quite you? a bit, yes. Yeah. And then yeah. we teach them how to herd themselves. But so. two a day is that about right? You, the numbers you're you're giving away at least two cats a day on on, on average. Is yeah, that correct? Yeah, we opt, we adopt out. Uh, yeah, that's it's very high numbers. I'm not real good at math, but that's well. You know. <clears throat> we we usually have 150 to 170 cats in in our care at any given time. We have about 70 that live in the home. The rest are in foster homes. So we we kind of split that up. They still have that home environment when they're in a foster home. But all of our kitties, because they're last chance kitties, they've all been through some sort of re- serious trauma. Yeah. They're near death or their family was evicted or a uh, family member died. And I mean, it's a lot of sad stories. And just like people, cats have trauma. Hmm. And we have to help them get through that trauma before they'll be adoptable yeah. because they won't be socialized. So one way people can help, uh, again, apart from the golf tournament, one way people can help is to be foster uh, homes. Yes. That's yes. huge. Obviously, the more foster yes. homes you have, the less you have to de- depend on this fantastic cat herding house that <laughs> that, that is uh, uh, available. But also at the house, you need. I mean, it's not just you coming in oh, and no. cleaning up. No. So there, there's they need they need love. They need support. They need Absolutely. people coming in to spend time with them. So and food. Yeah, you yeah, that too. Yeah. Oh, that, oh, yeah, good one, Harper. <laughs> I know. If we don't yeah. get that. That's a lot Water. of trouble. So yeah, little things like that. Um. So. Uh, you know what? What would a volunteer who's willing to come to the house? What would that look like? What What would they be expected to do? Well, uh, we have about, I'd say, we're at around fifty to sixty volunteers, and we're all volunteer based. Very few are being compensated for their time, mm-hmm. including myself and my uh, other founder that's sitting here with us. Your it. support husband. Yes. Um, the other guy. Yeah, the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> Is so, he in your trust? Do we have a trust ready for him? <laughs> We'll set one up unless you'd rather we've, we've prefer not to. We've learned a lot. To. The two of us yeah. are going, hmm, yeah. 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 Oh, okay, mm. yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, we it, managing volunteers is yeah. actually more complicated than managing cats sometimes. So but volunteer herding yes, apparently is a new yes. activity we've... So we've we always need volunteers, yeah. and what it kind of looks like, um, it, it, volunteers, of course, there's cleaning, yeah. constant cleaning, you know, some of it is defuzzing, some of it is cleaning litter boxes, but the other part of it is socializing the cats, and everyone takes the time. I mean, you come in for a volunteer shift for two hours, you, you might clean or you might organize, and then you can sit with the cats and socialize, so there's always that good part, and we, we allow people to come in and visit with the cats, even if they're not adopting, and provided we don't have too many people in the house, but some people... We'll come in and just sit with the cats and read to the cats out loud, you know. Or we have coffee in the kitchen, so they can go in and make a cup of coffee and sit with the cats. They just have to hang on to the coffee cup the whole time. 
<laughs> it's a good idea. It's just like, yeah. And don't sure. leave the milk laying around. No. You're going to put cream or anything like right. that. How did you get involved? What uh, what tugged at your heart to where you wanted to make this your oh, life mission? Goodness. I, uh, I've i always been a cat person. My first cat was at age three. Mm. But the, the thing that got me into cat rescue, which wouldn't have been, I didn't like walk in and go, hey, I want to be rescuing last chance cats. I, I got involved in a rescue event at Lanier, West Bank Park. There were over 100 cats that had been in the park. It was to the point where they were stealing the food off the picnic tables for people. Mm. And these are all feral cats. They're not cats you can take home and have friends, you know, be a friend. But there were so many people that were in an uproar. All the rescues that existed at that time were fighting against the, the park Corps of Engineers, which is... You know, that's pointless. Yeah. Um, so somebody had mandated these cats to be euthanized. And that was what was, I mean, there were death threats, everything else. And I was like, well, I don't really know anything about rescue. So I'll just go in and see if I can, see if I can solve this problem. <laughs> yeah, right. So I got myself in a situation where the guy that was leading the Corps of Engineers said, all right, I'm only going to talk to her. So you guys talk to her. So that's how I learned about rescue, got into negotiating the, the removal of the cats without euthanization, and the rescues still don't work together, but that's a lost cause, too. <laughs> that, that, uh, that origin story explains why when the tagline of special forces of cat rescue, <laughs> that's, not just, that's not just you being cute or silly or... No. or really applicable, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's we incredibly really are. applicable. All right, so let's let's get into one way that every single person listening to this uh, uh, broadcast can can help. Apart from being a volunteer, which they should, apart mm-hmm. from being a foster home, which would be great. One way they can do is to support financially, and a great way to do that is the third annual Cat Rangers Charity Golf Tournament, May twenty third, twenty twenty three, at Lanier Islands Golf Course. I gave the the important details now Hmm. dig into it what are people going to experience why should they come what's available all that stuff well this is our third golf tournament they've all been very successful um we like to uh have a lot of prizes so this year we have i think five cash hole-in-one prizes so anybody hits a hole-in-one in in this tournament they're going to win something and they and don't even have to give cash. they don't even have to give back part of that cash to well that's they, optional i mean they could yeah they could they could, they I, could. i'm challenging them too but yeah so <laughs> I five, all one. yeah i don't really want it yeah. no. <laughs> no no i don't need all of it maybe they could you know anyway okay. but, but okay yeah, so five cash prizes for hole in one. at least yeah. yeah because our first one is twenty thousand twenty thousand dollars we've got two um Two golf pros that are that are playing beat the pro on two of the holes, and uh, that's it helps us to raise funds because they kind of, you know, promote you know fundraising too while they're golfing. But but that turns out to be a fun thing for the for the golfers, and uh, we bring uh, usually a fair number of very exotic and fancy vehicles, cars, and unknown customs custom bikes and things like that it's it, they're very interesting and we display them around for people to look at when they're registering at the beginning stuff that customs officers would have a problem with if you were at the airport <laughs> anything like that 
No? Uh, we try good? to avoid okay, that. Yeah, good. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. Good thought, though. Yeah. Maybe next year. Okay. So you <laughs> and, and what's the goal there? I'm not just a financial goal, but is it awareness, obviously, to get Absolutely. people to know a little bit more about what it is that you're dealing with on a daily basis? Yeah. We've got to save all these cats. There's a, a, a lot to that, and the first part of it is our uh, in, inconsistent lack of spay-neuter requirements in the state of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Now, Rescues have to be have a license. So the Department of Ag licenses rescues, but their main focus is paperwork, and it, and it's because it has to be, you know. Um, and so there's no requirement to spay and neuter your pets. There's an attitude in when you get far enough out of the city that they don't want to neuter their cat, you know. So you just this mindset just continues to create a problem. We're in, we're in kitten season right now. It happens twice a year in Georgia because we have such warm weather. And I, I just agreed to accept three litters of cats. That's, that's like 30-something cats that I just agreed to accept so that another rescue can go and help with a hoarding case. That That's another 100 cats that that just got moved out of a house. I mean, this is happening so frequently. It's incredible. There's not enough there's not enough support. And then when when you get into the really difficult ones like we got a cat that came in, the poor cat had an upper respi- uh, uh, urinary tract infection, which is very serious for a cat. And the owner couldn't take care of it. She was like, she's I got to give you my cat. I can't afford to pay for this. And and so we helped her get the cat to one of our rescue vets. We we do get discounts, you know, for being a rescue at some of the vets. But we get but the it's kitty. Not free. Oh no, mean, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it's still not. I mean, it, you know, on average, when we take in a litter, we got a mom and five. We're going to pay one hundred and fifty dollars for each one of those kittens and the mom to get them to the point where they can be adopted. because yeah. they got to be have their vaccines and combo tests and. Fleas and parasites and spays and neuters, all that stuff has to happen. So for the, so obviously one of the ways this tournament is paying for those services and other services and food and even coffee at the house. Yes. Uh, so it, it, this year, uh, an individual player, it's $190, mm-hmm. and, but uh, uh, team players are $750, so... Uh, sixty. So sorry, seven hundred sixty. Yeah. My, my apologies. Uh, you you talked about the cash prizes, but there's uh, I see on the information you gave us, there's a PGA Superstore shopping spree available. Yeah. There's uh, airfare and two nights stay at Pebble Beach Lodge is one of the prizes, and yeah, that we're probably not even getting into the more quote unquote common raffle prizes yeah. and and closest to the pin and all that. So yep. there's a very good chance that while you're giving, you will receive back if you play apart from just receiving uh, a great round of golf. Yeah, I, most I, definitely. And Lanier is a beautiful course. Harper, you had some comments about Lanier. Oh, I love Lanier. First time I played it, I, I had to go tell all my friends back in California, you will <laughs> not believe how many holes where water comes into play. <laughs> and on some of them, it's basically you're going to hit it in the water. That's just, <laughs> just going to be a must if you're as bad as I am. Um, why Lanier? Is it just because it's nearby and you have familiarity with it? Or they absolutely want to have you there as a part of their day? A combination of the both, because I, I love the course itself. If anybody here in yeah. Atlanta has not played Lake Lanier Islands, uh, shame on you. <laughs> yeah, that's a combination of things. They they do uh, 
the best they can to help us, you know. I mean, we take up a lot of their prime space, you know, when we do a tournament there. But um, we started out there because one of our great supporters, who's still supporting us, um, the CEO of CAB, um, was on the board of directors for Margaritaville. And three years ago, that's how we started Lanier and then developed the relationship. So now it's an annual thing. She's building relationships better than we are, Stephen. Well, it's it's, she, she doesn't have she doesn't there. have me giving her the evil eye or yeah. you know quietly. No, so I, I, I apologize yeah. again. A, well, she was giving me the evil eye when we first started. You just noted that I did because I did. I'm doing something to screw it. Listen, up. Listen, when I, I'm very insecure about myself, and so I just try to I, I try to make sure and point out other people's mistakes. It's it's one of my issues. But it's a good idea. we're not here about my issues. No, we're here about the issue <laughs> of Cat Rangers and how they're going to continue to help. So we've talked about the tournament. It is May 23rd. There's mm-hmm. still spots available for yes. this year. Obviously, we hope and and believe that there's going to be a fourth and a fifth and a sixth annual. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, for those people who want to play in the tournament and or they want to be a, a foster home, they want to come in to the home and drink some coffee and read a book and defuzz, I believe you said. <laughs> I learned a new word. How can people get in touch with Cat Rangers and learn more information about the golf tournament? Well, um, as far as the golf tournament, we also can still do hole sponsors if Ooh. someone doesn't play. So, okay. I mean, we can, if they don't have players or they're not local, they can still do a hole sponsorship. Okay. Um, the, the contact number for the, uh, our center mm-hmm. is uh, 770-831-5513. We're located in Buford. The address is uh, 1931 Schuyler Hill Drive, Buford, 30542. And uh, it's pretty easy to find, actually. We're, we got a pretty big space over there. How about um, the website? I, I was on that earlier. Tell us a little bit more about the website and how people can uh, contribute or um, uh, help you through not even getting in touch with you personally, but going to the site and seeing what you do and the pictures mm-hmm. that I- explain a lot of uh, the, the situation that you're in and the needs that you have. Yeah, the the website is uh, www.catrangers.org. It does have a donate button on the corner of it that you can use for PayPal or credit cards or whatever. You know, it's not not uh, restricted to any form of payment. Um, and the website has most of our new kittens, so it's kind of nice to scroll through that. And it's it's attached to our. Um, Facebook page, so it has a lot of our posts there. We do a lot of those. We have some really good social uh, media people that that uh, do some cute little videos on TikTok, which you know, yeah. Even <laughs> even nonprofits need to market well. They do. How do they find you on Facebook and TikTok? Facebook, we're Facebook dot com forward slash Cat Rangers. Ooh, I don't have the TikTok one. Eh, just search Cat Rangers. Come on. <laughs> probably, it yeah. probably is. Special Forces yeah. Cat Rescue. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. And and uh, there is a website for the golf tournament, I believe, as well, catrangersgolf.com. Yes. So they can go yes. check that out. They and, can go there for the golf. And go to catrangers.org and click the donate button. So mm-hmm. Sparrow Marcioni, thank you so much for being here again. And uh, we look forward to continuing to work with you in the future. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody loves cats. They sure do. Well, what not else do everybody, because Weasel was my grandparents' cat. Okay. Weasel. Okay. Weasel. And that was the meanest thing on earth. Oh. I was taught as a one-year-old, Weasel will bite you. And, so and that, yet, that, in spite and of that, it did. you overcame 
the one bad apple, and you've yeah. come to appreciate cats. I mean, but when you name your cat Weasel, Weasel you're just asking on. for trouble. Why don't you name it? Wolverine I think Weasel was traumatized by the name that Weasel was given. Yeah, and he traumatized me. That's oh, for sure. hello. Well, we we do love Grandma and Grandpa, but uh, uh, Weasel, we're going to think about it. Hey, if you love Subarus, we'd love to visit with you. We are grateful that Subaru of Gwinnett is a proud sponsor here of Business Radio. Enjoy the big savings and the hassle-free experience at Subaru of Gwinnett, where people will help you buy your next car. If you are looking, give Subaru a call. Look at them online, or you can visit the dealership directly. Visit Subaru of Gwinnett. SubaruofGwinnett.com and join their family today. Come in and see the difference. If you're already a Subaruist, you can check them out on their Facebook page and check out the Cat Rangers while you're doing that at the same time. You can look for news, offers, and community events. SubaruofGwinnett.com. Also want to thank uh, our, our guests one more time, Steve Emmert from Emmert Yum Law Firm, also Sparrow Marcioni from Cat Rangers. I want to thank Dan for running the board today. Mike was... Sleeping. Standing well, over was, his right shoulder, arms folded, glaring at him the whole time, and not one mistake. And Harper, I want to thank you for being my trusty co-host. Even and though you gave me the evil eye I, at the beginning I of the did, show, you're, and now it's an eye of I think tenderness, you've, love. And I think compassion. you've forgiven me, and I appreciate that. Yeah. So, uh, so for Harper and for Dan and Mike, this is Stephen saying we will catch you next time on Gwinnett Business Radio. 